0: 2020 gives us two windows into our population in North Carolina, the election and the census. I'm Stephanie Carson. On this week's Kicker by Carolina Public Press, we're going to nerd out on what election turnout and results and the pending outcome of the U.S. Census tell us about North Carolina and our growth. Jess Stanford is a demographic analyst with Carolina Demography. Jess, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And you know, tell us about what you guys do, because I think that's the first thing is folks understanding that there is such a thing here in North Carolina. We are
1: a research consulting service um, where we help stakeholders throughout North Carolina understand where North Carolina's population is headed. Um, we uh, clients reach out to us if they have research questions about a population of interest in the state say, um, a voter voter base for a municipality or the school age uh, population in North Carolina, and we will help them refine what their research questions are. We uh, locate relevant data for them, and um, sometimes it will stop there, or sometimes we will provide analysis services and, like, custom estimates, and then um, additionally, we give presentations uh particularly myself and rebecca tippett the director uh, we present all throughout the state on demographic change in north carolina because this kind of data and information is relevant to a a wide variety of different industries
0: and in a year like this year i mean you know aside from us all dealing with covid it was a presidential election year it is a census year you know we and even with covid we're talking about data right so i mean data is important you know now more than ever and we're realizing that let's first take the election turnout you know when you look at that and with in terms of our population What are your takeaways from that? One thing that I remind
1: anyone when I'm giving a presentation is that North Carolina has experienced Pretty significant growth in the last few decades, um, and particularly in the decade from 2000, in this past decade from 2010 to 2020, we saw a lot of growth in a couple of our major metropolitan areas, particularly the Raleigh-Durham metro and Charlotte. And so where population growth has taken place um, we know that we're going to see some pretty massive changes in how our population looks Um, so there have been shifts in um, how different counties and municipalities vote there have been changes in the racial and ethnic composition of the county um, and the educational attainment and so it is definitely, and this population growth is also driving some of the new industries that we're seeing emerging in North Carolina, um, particularly the growth of the banking sector in Charlotte and the tech sector in Raleigh. Um, so population growth has really changed how North Carolina looks and how it operates. Um, and that has been relevant with regards to both the census and the election this year.
0: There was a lot of discussion with the election results that there was a change in behavior with voters out of concern of COVID. Folks were sending in absentee ballots. Um, That certainly shifted how some of the election results were reported and received and some of that pacing. You know, is that something of interest to you from from the area you study? Yes, that was definitely of interest to us. Um, Like you mentioned, absentee ballot requests were
1: they skyrocketed in um, the the weeks leading up to the election um, significantly higher than they have been in the recent election years um really record-breaking numbers um and then also outside of just COVID's impact from the election this has been um a very a highly engaging election in general. We saw both Trump and Biden received um, over a million more votes nationally than Trump and um, Clinton received in the previous 2016 election. And within North Carolina specifically, we saw that in the data on voter registrations. Um, starting in June of this year, voter res- new voter registrations. Um, on a monthly basis outpaced both the registration counts for the 2016 presidential election and the 2018 uh, our midterm election so what that means is people were really uh, getting out there to, in order to vote um, leading up to November uh, the, the most recent election in fact since 2016 we have gained almost 2 million new voters in our state, 1.8 million. In just North Carolina,
0: that's remarkable. Um, and then, you know, because 2020 has to have all the excitement. We've also got the census, and I know the deadline has passed for folks to fill out their census. You know, I heard a lot of talk about concerns that that perhaps there's going to be a significant undercount this year for a variety of reasons. Is that something that you guys are tracking as well? We
1: have been tracking um, hard to count populations. We have been working with NC Counts Coalition, which is is a nonprofit here in the state that is specifically tasked with ensuring a complete and accurate count so we have been working with them to track which populations tend to be um, most at risk of undercount in our state and where those communities tend to be located throughout the state um, there is definitely a concern uh, in particular because uh, not only are some populations just typically like in any census year um more likely to be undercounted those are people who may rent um and young children um and certain minority populations are all um, different communities that have always been um undercounted in census years and then with covid um really across the board uh there are greater issues with undercount um, if individuals did not respond to their census in a timely manner um, they will usually receive an enumerator to their door at some point point. one that that enumeration process was delayed because of covid and then once they were finally able to send people out door to door um, probably a lot of people didn't want to answer the door for someone they didn't know so more often this year than in previous years, enumerators had to rely on statistical imputation um, to get information on non-responding households. That means that they either, um, they either interviewed a neighbor who may have information on that household or they imputed um, data based on what the general demographics are um, for that area. So um, yeah, there, there are certainly some data accuracy concerns. And um, it's it's really worrisome because the communities which most benefit from being represented in the census and who um, benefit from the federal programs that are tied to the census, they're also the communities most likely to be undercounted.
0: And we've done a show, actually, with NC Counts not too long ago and spoke with them about the importance of some of this data. Um, But it's used, I mean, I think many of us know that it's used for allocation of federal and state resources resources, um, also for the drawing of legislative and congressional lines, Uh, but there, I'm sure there are other uses for this information that that are important over the next decade. Outside of
1: money and power, which are the two biggest reasons to recognize the importance of the census, uh, we also use that data for economic growth and data and research. Um, So for example, look at the Research Triangle Park in Raleigh. Um, that, in, in order to attract new business headquarters to, um, to locate to the park, um, we'll use oftentimes we at Carolina Demography will provide data to different organizations to show that um, our area is, is a really suitable and attractive place for new employers and new employees um so I personally supply data to Research Triangle Regional Partnership to show how our metro area compares to some of the metros they consider to be competitors like Austin for example or New York or San Francisco because at this point um, our metro is attracting the same kind of tech jobs and this highly skilled workforce and we want to see what sets our sets us apart and so as North Carolina continues to um, attract new in migrants to the state and attract new companies um, we use that census data to show why they should locate here and then of course um, In my line of work, we use census-based data every single day, Um, whether it's directly derived from the decennial census or there are other products that are more indirectly tied to a census count. It's super important.
0: When do you expect to have your first dump of data? So we are concerned that with COVID
1: and the Changing deadlines um, with the census count, that there will be some issues with uh, data release delay. Um, but we are hoping to see that in about a year's time.
0: And I know time will tell, and you're looking for the for the data to know this. But are there trends that you're expecting to see?
1: I believe that we will absolutely see the our population growth reflected in the count, and we will see um, changes so one thing that's only released every 10 years is the share of the population living in an urban area and um, from the 2010 census about uh, 68 percent of North Carolina's population was living in an urban area and I expect that to definitely increase at least somewhat um, because much of the population growth is in those metro areas also i expect to see um the the changes reflected in our racial and ethnic composition we have had really um fast growth for our um, asian demographic group um, individuals who identify as two or more races as well as um, individuals who identify as hispanic um so those three groups are most likely going to comprise a larger share of North Carolina's population than they did in 2010. Um, And in general, I think we will see that population has declined in our more rural areas. Um, in conjunction with this uptick in urban growth.
0: And I'm curious, and you you may or may not have the background on this, but how do other countries handle, uh, do they have census as well, or how do they collect this data?
1: Uh, to my knowledge, many,
0: uh, most Western European countries, if not all, have the census, so I don't
1: really know how they conduct theirs. But certainly um, population data is available for most countries in the world, and you can access that um online so i assume that some kind of census process is going is undergoing but i don't know the particulars i would like to know also what the um what the timeline for the census taking process is in other countries do they do it um every 10 years like we do or do they do it on a more uh, frequent basis i think that because our our census is only taken every 10 years. We are a little slow to take on new like technological adaptations, like you say, the online census. Um, and I think that may limit us in some ways.
0: After asking Jess about how other countries handle the census, I did some research about how European countries handle it. And the short answer is, it's complicated. Some countries, like the United Kingdom, handle it in a similar way that we do, and actually, comparatively, the U.S. and Canada have simplified their census process. But other Northern European countries do a register-based census, meaning that the government analyzes data already collected by government agencies versus polling the population. France does a rolling census, dividing up regions and polling them one at a time over a five-year period. The other thing that strikes me is I feel like we just now got our congressional district maps resolved after the 2010 census, and here we go again. It'll be very interesting to see because based on the growth that North Carolina's experienced in this past
1: decade, we're slated to gain at least one seat in the House of Representatives. Um, it probably won't exceed one seat, but um, that is that's going to change what kind of political representation we have federally, and then it's it's really going to shift representation at the state and local level.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jess, for joining us. This is interesting, and it's not something I think a lot of us spend a lot of time thinking about. I know you guys do, um, but it's good to know that somebody is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, the The kind of work we do, uh, many people think of it as niche, but
1: and it, I guess it is. But at the same time, it has applications so many different ways.
0: Yeah, I think of it as kind of like the population balcony view. Somebody's got to do it. So <laughs>
1: yeah, someone's got to do it. Thanks again for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us for this week's Kicker by Carolina Public Press. You can subscribe to the Kicker on Apple Podcasts or find past Kickers on our website at carolinapublicpress.org. As always, our content is free. I'm your host, Stephanie Carson. Thanks for joining us.